welcome to another episode of The Greatest Pod, where we discuss and debate what makes something great. I'm Ron Swallow. I'm Ed Greer. I'm Producer Bill. And today, we are going to talk about The Greatest Creatures, Creatures, Creatures. And, I, and it's a weird title, but I kind of <laughs> didn't want to restrict us in regards to what we want to talk about. Creatures in comics, creatures in movies, creatures in books, to a certain extent, Ron. And then, you know, yes, yeah, I, I've, yeah. I've, picked, I've picked one. We'll get to it at some point. <laughs> yeah. Creatures from myth, creatures from legend, all yeah. of this sort of thing, because I think the cool thing about creatures, just to get us started, creatures are the thing that the hero fights nine times out of ten. And they represent kind of the dangers of the story, but oftentimes the themes of the story. So a lot of times when you're just trying to talk about this cool octopus monster or whatever you're talking about, the the theme will be pollution made this octopus monster something. You know what I mean? Or there'll be something yes. mythic in it, like the shark as a monster from Jaws. It's emblematic of man's fear of the ocean. It's like what's under the waves? This. You know mm-hmm. what I'm saying? It's the theme of this is the this is the emblem of your fear of open water. This. It ain't really drowning. It's this. I also like the fact that creatures can serve as stand-ins for, like, dogs as well. So they can be these, like, metaphorical stand-ins for existential fears, or they can be a riff on man's best friend. So, you know, creatures can do a lot. I mean, that's like almost every Pokemon. I was going to say, for me, it's hard to think about creatures without immediately jumping to Pokemon. And I'm by no means an expert, but the very concept of, like, they're loyal little monsters that live inside balls that you can carry around with you and you train them to fight like some kind of weird cockfight is both super weird and very awesome. Like you, j- it's undeniably <laughs> fun. It's, also yeah, and it's much the- better than what lives in my balls. <laughs> Creatures of another sort, perhaps. <laughs> There's millions of them, Jim. They're all <laughs> swarming all over. Get them Hundreds off me. Of Get them off me. <laughs> they're doing their little tails. It's wrapping around my neck. It's wrapping around my neck. <laughs> that, oh, and that's like the adventures of this microscopic set of heroes that have taken a journey into Rod's balls and now they're being assailed oh. from all sides. Like on some inner space shit. <laughs> Dude, that just makes me think of the Grant Morrison graphic novel, The Filth, which features like an entire chapter of giant mutant sperm flying around Los Angeles and impaling people with their tails. (laughs) Damn. Weird tangent, but like The Filth is a book that I have read multiple times. And I still don't really understand what the fuck happens in that book. And yet, (laughs) like, the ending is just this really sublime sort of existential statement that, like, brings tears to your eyes. But if you read Morrison's commentary, the filth was apparently his big statement on after doing a deep dive on pornography, both, like, the (laughs) business of it and, like, why it why it's so successful like the psychology of it and it is a fucked up book man <laughs> yeah well uh grant morrison's good for that well ron what are i know okay just name me the best fucking dragon name me the best dragon because their dragons See, are cool and we have to talk about them so we might as well get them out of the way who's the best See, dragon i mean look the the easy answer is smaug there's the the uh, Anne McCaffrey dragons, which which are specifically made to uh, fight threads, which is these crazy ass worms that 
come out of the sky and then burn human beings to death every certain amount of time in this planet that they live in. And so the dragons have evolved to uh, be ridden by uh, by by people so that they can direct them to destroy all the threads that are trying to kill them. Those are cool dragons, too. You know what I mean? But, you know, like Smaug is like a smart dragon with an attitude like and who hoards stuff and is knows what he's doing. And probably there's other dragons that have magical abilities and some that can do into go into human form like Ursula K. Le Guin has a really good book that involves a, a dragon that can turn into a person. You know, so it depends on what you're what you're going for. Hmm. Sorry. That's that's an interesting distinction though of dragons bet- like being either characters or being these weird forces of nature. Yeah. And I guess Sm- Smaug is kind of both, but I would say yep. he tends more towards a character because he can communicate, he has very human level sort of motivations. You know, he actually has like a purpose to play in the story beyond being like some externalization of conflict. And then it's even like you think of that weird dragon thing from the never ending story, whose name Fenrir, I think, whose name always uh, escapes me. Uh, yeah, the Falcor. dragon. Falcor. Yeah. yeah, yeah. And like that character is very nominally a character. He's he's very much more of just like part of the world, you know? Dragons get the same raw deal as horses do in a lot of fiction. You know what I'm saying? It's just like you're For just sure. there to carry fuckers around. It's like, wait, wait, wait. I'm I- immortal. So theoretically, I could be like the smartest being in the universe and I could fly and I'm superhumanly strong because human strength is so puny. It's like ridiculous for me to measure myself by that strength. It's like insane. Yeah. I weigh like 50 tons. And uh, I, you ride me. <laughs> you direct me it's yeah. like, oh my god but at least in that story you were telling that they, it's like the dragons need like human help the same way that like orcas occasionally need our help or like whales will occasionally go up to a boat and be like look my buddy's got a hook at him I don't have fucking thumbs I know you guys have thumbs I know there's some magic to you guys now come help my buddy you know and they'll they'll get us to help them but it ain't like where they're equal on any level. <laughs> you know what no, I'm saying? There's like, the Game of Thrones dragons, of course. I almost forgot to mention those. Well, you know what Ed's rant made me think of is Toothless from How to Train Your Dragon. Yes. Mm-hmm. That dragon is so bad. I mean, dragons in general in that world are so badass because it is a more complicated relationship than just like, you yeah. are my steed and I ride you into battle mm-hmm. while still also being that. Yep. Um but I also love the fact that that movie, and I, I always felt like it was a ripoff of Jeff Smith's Bone comics, but that movie plays with the scale of dragons, like everything from something ostensibly human-sized all the way up to something that would like dwarf Godzilla, and they all yeah. kind of exist within the same world. And that's kind of cool, too, because it implies, I mean, a lot of what's in that movie implies this weird sort of like hierarchy to not dragon society, but like the dragon species and like the natural world of dragons, which, you know, me, I'm a sucker for world building. So like, I like that stuff. Yeah. I, I watched that movie. What's that shit? Um, Christian Bale was in it. And Matthew McConaughey. Yeah. Rain of hell, Fire. Hell yeah. Oh my dude. God. Rain, Rain of Fire. Yeah. And dude, I'm telling you what's, what's so interesting, especially for this conversation between us three. You all know me. I fucking hate magic and I think it's dumb. 
So these motherfuckers made a older than dinosaur species that originally ran our planet, that ran into some distress and went into hibernation or whatever. And now the biggest one, the male that jizzes in all the females and makes the dragon species this sort of parasitic thing. And they eat ash. So when they burn more stuff, they get more food, which is totally insane, but it's great. And they <laughs> yeah. somehow they make that work biologically. And last things last, they do fly and they do burn you with fire from their mouths. But it's a chemical in this jaw and a chemical in this venom sack or whatever, and them hitting each other and, and the crossing of the streams and their methane breath or something makes the, the, the chemical reaction to make the fucking fire that comes out of their mouth and they blow it in a direction much like breath. And it's like, oh, my God, these motherfuckers done scienced up dragons and I'm dizzing. <laughs> I, I, you know what I'm saying? I loved it. I loved Rain of Fire, dude. Dude, that's an underrated movie because just the very idea of like this is a dystopian sci-fi dragon movie is so fucking weird that it, you you wonder how that got made, especially not being based on anything. But it works. I mean, it, it mm-hmm. they make that shit work. Yep. Yeah, it's been a while since I saw that, but that's a that was a fun ass movie. One last comment on dragons, which might transition us into a totally separate uh, arc of our conversation. So I don't want to be a shill, but Disney created a great dragon with Eddie Murphy's character in Mulan. Hmm. That little luck dragon. And the reason I say it might open up a whole new conversation is because I think Disney has a long, rich history of turning creatures into supporting characters. Um but as far as like the that late 90s, early 2000s, really gimmick of every princess or heroine is going to have sort of this little comedy sidekick that's a non-human creature. Um, and I can't remember the name of that character, but he was one of my favorites in execution because it really felt, you know, he was like a Jiminy Cricket with his own motivation where it's like as a luck dragon. He needed to sort of protect this family and bring them greatness so that he could be redeemed. A real Clarence the Angel, you know, in, yeah. in um, a, It's a Wonderful Life type of thing. And so, you know, not only is the Mulan story great, and it's, I mean, that's one of their better late stage movies, but like he gets a nice little redemption arc at the end and, and becomes a full fledged dragon. And like, I don't know, I, like I said, the distinction between a creature just being this weird steed or dog or whatever, and actually being a character. I think I prefer the steed or dog, but as far as character creatures, that's one of my favorites. Yeah. Mushu, I believe. You're name. right. Mushu. Mushu. Yeah. Yeah. It's pretty great. <laughs> it's a pretty great name. Um, so basically, all right, well in Disney, I, I really, um, I hate all these. Like, I hate that fucking parrot. Gilbert Gottfried did such a great job being that That doesn't count as a creature. I I hate that parrot. They're all creatures. We're all God's creatures, Ron. Fucking Scar. (laughs) Scar is a fucking creature. Uh (laughs) Fucking fucking the Beast is a creature for well over half. Oh, the Beast definitely counts. Here's the question. Are all those animated household items also creatures? I... I got it. Okay, okay. If this you're a talking teacup, you are a fucking creature. I'm sorry. <laughs> and I'm breaking you, by the way. You talk at me and you're a teacup, you're going into the fucking ground. He's a child, Ron. That I'm is a child. I don't care. I don't fucking care. You're a talking teacup. It is time to die and also for me to move out of the house. 
<laughs> dude just some kettle jumping off the fucking counter to like land next to her dead cup baby and the fucking, the fucking tea is spilling out of its head and you're like ah she's like <laughs> it's up shattered but it still has eyes that are blinking at you with tears in them <laughs> and, and his last, his last uh, uh, words are like I, I just want to be, be our guest and he dies <laughs> that's the last that's the last thing he says and then Ron just gives him an Arnold one-liner. Oh, like you could be deceased. That's it. There it is. <laughs> yeah, you're deceased. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> oh, fucking god. Okay, so okay, yeah, those do count as creatures, but I would like just to keep it out of robot territory in the future of this conversation. I would just like to keep it more or less biological. Yes, biological 100%. or magical biological mass for for yeah, our yeah. Yeah. Um, so that perhaps. Oh, yeah. Oh, and speaking of which, I don't want to veer us too off of Disney. Yes, I do. My favorite creature comes from mythology, and Ooh. it was the um the Nemean lion, I do believe it is. It's Ooh. this lion that was like like a size of an elephant, and it would just run around town and fuck shit up, and it just ruled everything. It had a big like uh place where it had all people's bodies and shit, like a Grendel pile, which we'll talk about later. And it was like just too undefeated. And the thing that made it so tough was its hide was impenetrable. So like a billion guys with arrows couldn't kill it. So Hercules uh finds a way to like choke it out or something, you know, and because it's like if I can't pierce your hide, I'll just fucking choke your ass out or whatever he does. And he kills it. And then he finds some magical way to skin it, like maybe taking one of its teeth or something and using the super teeth or whatever to skin the thing. And then he wore the lion like a cape that could, could like yes. go around him like Batman style. Maybe this is my imagination, but that's kind of how I pictured it. But he took it on several other adventures and he used it to like stop the arrows of uh, these uh, warrior harpy bitches who were shooting arrows at him or whatever. Uh, you know, he did it. He used it to stop. He used it in his further adventures. And I'm just thinking like that lion is dope as fuck. I'd like to see a prequel of that lion. How maybe he went mad from a dope ass adventure that he had and then he had to get taken down by Hercules. And maybe it's like a like a weird victory for his soul or something to be killed by Hercules and released from his, you know, evil deeds, fucking up the villagers. I don't know, just freestyling here. But the point is that uh, that that lion is dope. And then he dies. And then his oh. attributes remain dope to be dope on a dope guy. It's just it's just fresh to me. I really like that. It was, it's really stuck with me throughout all my mythological readings. If I could bring that all the way back around, famously. In the Disney Hercules cartoon, that lion is the exact same design as Scar from The Lion King. There you go. Granted, they don't show Hercules killing the lion because you don't want your Disney hero to be murdering an animal. But there is a scene where he's like being painted and he's wrapped in a lion skin and it is legitimately just Scar from The Lion King. Mm Mm-hmm. Oh shit! Dope. I remembered that shit pretty good. I literally just looked looked up the Nemean lion first of all. No, that you're was right. right. And yeah. the other shit, the golden fur, purpose to attack mortals. Shit's broke on its hide. Guarded the golden apples. Da 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 da. First labor of Heracles. Look at somebody needs to put that shit in a Wonder Woman comic. You know, one hundred percent. I bet you it is in there because one of the you know one of the chronologies is like uh, either. Z- Zeus or Heracles, I think it's Heracles, ends up being like the the daddy of all the uh all the lady Themiscarans. I think it's He's like I think it's Zeus actually, but I wasn't yeah. wasn't Hercules the one who originally like in mythology raped Hippolyta? 
Like that yeah. was yep. that was the yep. whole beginning of the thing. Yeah, that's what I'm saying. I think I think there is at least one comic that takes it like that. Instead mm. of like the Zeus and Hippolyta have some sort of tete-a-tete or mind meld and the baby comes out or some shit. It's like, no, 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 no. Heracles came in and came in and did some horrible shit. And yes. then after that, he sort of owned the Amazons until they broke out of slavery. And that was an integral part of their mythology was breaking out of being under his control from that right. act. So that being the case, but he still, it was, you know, as colonization does, his seed still was part of them. They, you know, the homegirls still had, had babies of, you know, him and he was part of their legend and part of, frankly, their super strength and part of their dopeness. And, and it was fucked up that it was tied to that lineage. Just like I'm sitting on Indian bones right now doing a podcast. You know what I'm saying? Like, fuck, mm-hmm. we're tied to heinous shit. And to put mm-hmm. that in a comic was pretty fresh to me. Well, I was going to say, I think a tweener would be something like Swamp Thing. Where he's more or mm. more man thing, like those are more creature than human. Yes, yeah. I agree with that, especially Swamp Thing, given you know the uh, Alan Moore yeah. revisitation of his of his thing. Like, what if uh, that is brilliant though? Should we, should we talk not, about Swamp Thing? Well, yeah, I I just want to talk about the Alan Mooreification, like the whole thing of like uh, it used to be Alec Holland stumbled into the to, to the swamp with the chemicals on him and turned into a fucking vegetable because he was touching vegetables with chemicals on him, and that was the canon forever. Which and, then later sense. Alan, and then and then later Alan Moore was like, no, it's like, what if the forest thought it was a guy? What if mm. his psychic impression from his death was on the forest and it kind of organized its, itself into thinking that it was his consciousness, but that was not real. And it's way more elemental than that. You know, it's a, it's such a great conceit. And I'm going to bring this up just so that people can have it in their minds. One of the best sort of visualizations of that idea that i've seen was actually the movie annihilation which is mm-hmm. almost it's it's like a tangential idea but like the creature in that movie is this alien intelligence that sort of absorbs and remixes dna from anything and everything it comes into contact with and ah. so you end up with these sort of horrific like multi-hybrid animals that are almost like so far like so many different creatures are a part of it that they just become horrific but then you also get this beautiful stuff of like plants that grow in the shape of like reindeer and other things like that and it's not quite what alan moore was getting at with his swamp thing but it always felt very right to me that like that idea of the forest and the swamp itself sort of absorbing the the essence of this human being and sort of internalizing that into the greater network of plant life would be something like what's portrayed in Annihilation. And that really stretches the bounds of creature in the complete opposite direction, where it's like so unhuman, so inhuman that like it's almost not even relatable anymore. But like that's cool, too, from a Lovecraftian sort of point of view. Hmm. Yeah. Okay. Well, how about this? The creature in it follows. Oh, that shit, yeah. is a badass creature because, like, a lot of the creatures when I was doing, uh, I just was you know looking up some creatures here to make sure don't run out of ammo, but could never do that. One of the things that is in there is like the trickster creatures or the or the fucking shapeshifters and shit like that. And this is a classic modern shapeshifter something. And the the plot of it it follows. You get. You have sex with somebody who has this 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 
disease uh, and disease, whatever, manifest as a monster which will walk inexorably towards you and it will have inevitably the face of someone you know, or it won't. It could be anybody. Anybody approaching you could theoretically be this thing. And if it gets close enough to you and touches you, it twists you up like a pretzel to where like your assholes on your head, your feet are up your ass, your fucking arms are in your rib cage. You're just you're not even recognizable as human anymore because it fucked you up that bad. So you better not. You let know it what's touch crazy you. about that is that what you don't know. Um, it's like uh, this is actually in a book about this character. Um, it's just really bad breath. What? <laughs> I just made that up because I thought it was funny. I don't know, man. Have you ever smelled people's breath and then literally felt like your arm was about to fall off? Yeah, I mean, I there's yeah. I, there has been breaths so bad that I felt like, oh no, my face is going to cave in concurrently right now. So that's that's my theory. Your breath inverted my face. <laughs> you prolapsed my my, oh. my nostrils. <laughs> But yeah, so this creature comes and breathes on you or rip, or rip, twist your body up like a fucking like a party balloon, like a clown making a balloon animal. That's what this yeah. thing does to you if it touches you. And the whole point is like you are now you're you're scared of everybody and everything. And you're the only one that can see it as well. Mm. You are the only one that can see this thing. So you, when you're running from it, nobody can help you. And it's just the worst shape shifting creature I've ever seen in my life. You can, you're the only one that can see it, so you're the only one that's afraid of it, so people won't get out of your way. Like, if you're getting chased by a lion, motherfuckers give you a wide berth. If they can't see it, they get in your way, they trip you down the stairs so it can catch you. All this different shit. There's nobody you can trust. You have to stay in open fields, and if somebody starts walking towards you from a quarter mile down of a field, you have to start running immediately because you got to get farther away from it. It's just, that's so scary to me, man. It's a horrible creature. I, I think that idea of like shape, either shape shifting creatures or creatures that can possess you have always been like a real skin crawler for me, which actually is a nice transition into if we're talking like modern urban legend creatures, one of my favorites has got to be the skinwalker. Oh, yeah. Which is mm. so, so as somebody, you know, if I don't say so myself, who has produced a bunch of monster hunting television shows for various quote-unquote educational tv channels um i have a pretty encyclopedic knowledge of like the big urban myth creatures and so the skinwalker with all due respect was a native american sort of an actual myth that goes back to various native american tribes and it has since sort of been co-opted by um modern cryptid enthusiasts but the skinwalker is kind of a dope idea because it's like it's essentially a werewolf that is reversed. So instead of like a human that's sometimes afflicted with turning into a werewolf, this thing is essentially like an undead ghoul that prowls the countryside that can turn into a human. It's almost like uh, the Edgar suit from Men in Black. And so it like it can contort itself up into a human disguise and sort of walk among you wear the skin of a human being but really it's always this sort of bloodthirsty creature that wants to kill you and take your soul so i always to me like that's such a cool idea because it's it's i guess what you're talking about ed it, it's that more alien take on like oh no this isn't a human being who loses control this is like 
something else, a thing, a wraith, you know, that can disguise itself and be part of us. Yeah. It could be your grandma, dude. And <laughs> right. Exactly. Yeah. You thought your saying, grandma was some... racist? Just a skinwalker. <laughs> but there's and something very if... visceral about that. It is. And what if what if you're like, God damn it, you know, took my grandma's face and you're predictably you punch it and it is your grandma and then and then you turn yep. around and it's your fake grandma is right there. They start pointing at each other like the Spider-Man meme. And you're kicking two old ladies' ass. <laughs> it's like, oh man! And then it's like, oh, you didn't know that your grandma has a twin. We found her as long as now you've done oh. up two grandmas. And you turn around and the monster grabs you, twists you into a goddamn pretzel, and you're dead. <laughs> so you're, you're left. <laughs> See, I I like that much better as a paranoid monster hunter goes to his grandma's house, starts beating up what he thinks is a skinwalker, and it just turns out his family wanted to reveal that his grandma has a long-lost twin. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> it's just like, oh, my God, I'm so sorry. This is why no one talks to you, Stephen. <laughs> uh, dude, he's named, he, he changes his last name to Hunter. It's like, your name's not Hunter. We're the beer bombs. <laughs> In, um... Oh. In the Dresden Files, skinwalkers are, like, one of the scariest, like, most badass um, uh, bad guys in there because they have, like, a like a, a well of energy that's, like, insane. They've lived for, you know, thousands of years, so their skills are, like, you know, like, off the charts. They're good at pretty much everything. They can also imitate voices from, mm. like, distance. They could just do so many things. They can infiltrate anywhere. Like, it's very they're very scary and they're also super super strong too so it's not like it's not like you're gonna box a skin walker you're it's gonna rip your <laughs> arm off you know what i mean and throw you into the throw you into the sun type of shit it it's it's super strong it and it can be anyone it, it is definitely very scary uh uh character there's a few skin walkers in some lore where they're like more like tricksters where uh they're doing more funny stuff Mm. <laughs> you're like like being playing jokes and like doing mischievous type of type of shit so some some uh native american lore says they're um they're they're more like a trickster god than they are uh that other Loki. scary one yeah a little more loki than pazuzu yeah exactly <laughs> so that that's what's so cool about so many different creatures is like each different air, like to each culture could have a, a whole different view. And even within those cultures, you can have a different view of, mm -hmm. of the, the type of, um, you know, the, what, what type of creature it is. It's, okay. it's amazing how, how it spreads. Well, along those lines, all the different ways that we try to, uh, contextualize the, uh, the Sasquatch, right? Mm. There's oh, 57 to the fucking Wendigo, where if you're trapped somewhere and you end up eating your buddy, you've succumbed to cannibalism and the, the woods have got you. Thusly, the spirit of the Wendigo enters your body and you'll be ravenous. Until, okay, that's one. Then the Harry and the Hendersons bullshit, that's two. Then the fucking, uh, the one that all the idiots believe in, where it's like, he, dude, the reason why you can't fucking ever track him, man, is because he walks through these fucking portals, man, and he, yes. he can like manifest anywhere, like he's an interdimensional being. Those type of motherfuckers, that's another one. So, and there's probably three or four, 57 ones, a Native American type ones, different Native American tribe ones. Yeah, different it is. bastardizations. Yep. Uh, the Himalayan ones, the abominable motherfucking snowman. You know, there's just so many ways to contextualize this creature. That's a what lot of fun. 
one of my favorite riffs. So fun fact, again, I'm, I'm drawing on my old TV producing knowledge. Almost every culture around the world has some variation on like the ape who walks like a man trope, which is essentially the Sasquatch. One of my favorites is in um, Indonesia. There's a, a, a supposedly something called the Orang Pendek. And like, to this day, there is real argument about whether or not this is an actual creature where for the longest time, colonizers and a lot of these myths track back to colonizers interpreting or misinterpreting native legends um, would report that on these specific islands in Indonesia, you would find like three, four foot tall kind of hobbit sized orangutan fur coated intelligent little men and there exists to this day a credible strain of thinking that there is actually a yet undiscovered species of either ape or chimp like something in that family that lives just in those couple islands um that maybe is not like intelligent and making tools and living in some sort of a society but is just an undiscovered species. And I think I mean, what's interesting is a, a couple of these, you know, urban myths from some of the, the the four corners of the world do have some kernel of like, eh, this could actually be true to an extent. And that's always kind of exciting. It's like you, you like hearing about those. I don't know that Bigfoot himself is actually that. Like, I'm not convinced by any explanations for Bigfoot, but there are different places in the world where they're, you know, it might be somewhat true. I mean, they're discovering new fish every fucking day. They discover new types of birds, new types of everything every fucking day. The, to, to say that there isn't some kind of weird-ass bear primate thing out in the woods is, like, that's actually probably ridiculous. There's a, a there's a chance that that exists for sure. I mean, we've covered a lot of the, the world and, and can explore a lot of the world, but some of the world's real fucking hard to explore. And these and a lot of animals, they don't they see people and they they run. They see something they don't recognize and they disappear as fast as they can. Red pandas. Nobody thought that shit was real ever. And then they yeah. found one and it was like, what the fuck is this thing? Why does it have a pouch? And it's sort of a bear, but also stands up sometimes. What is happening with this thing? So like, you know, like there's, it's it's you never know what kind of creatures could exist. And I think that's what makes creatures so interesting. Yeah. In, in a lot of ways, honestly, because you like, look, sure, I don't believe there's probably, you know, the Loch Ness monster out there, but there's some weird ass fish out there and you really don't know. Like, oh, yeah. it's like that, that weird ass fish they found at the bottom of the ocean that looks like when you take it out of its atmosphere, it looks like this weird glob of goo. It's literally called a blobfish. Yeah, but when it's in the ocean, it looks crazy as fuck. Oh, yeah. <laughs> well, I mean, all all of that super deep sea ass, like, bioluminescent shit, all of that shit can go straight to hell, dude. I, <laughs> like, like, it's already there, man. <laughs> <laughs> like, I am not fucking with them. If they want to do a benefit to save these motherfuckers, no thank you. I'm going to keep, keep stepping. <laughs> I got to get this folk forward Wendy's. I ain't got time oh, to throw in your it fucking... Ed really is going right wing. Did you hear, did you hear how Trump was like, I, I don't fucking care about sharks. 
I'm not going to pay any money for anyone trying to save sharks. Fuck sharks. And I'm like, These oh, sharks, you know? who likes them? Who likes them? <laughs> they say they want to save them. Why? That's my bad, Trump. The, that was great. And the, that was and, the, and the best shark hunter. I'm the, I'm the best. He, he like scratches his nails, his little tiny handed nails down the chalkboard. <laughs> I, I you all them. know me. You know what I do. <laughs> I, I find them 15. I owe you 10. <laughs> or whatever. Like, dude, it's just. Literally, really... I'm not even going to try a Trump. <laughs> I did it. Uh, I was like fucking uh, Kevin Costner doing the English accent for Robin Hood. <laughs> I'll just do this. I'll just move That's my all hands. You oh, oh, A, oh. Especially uh, for greatest, audio medium. The greatest A, A, it's the greatest. I'm the greatest shark <laughs> hunter in the world. I think he sounds like a baby. That's what it is. I'm the greatest shark hunter in the world. I hate sharks, and I hate all animals that have teeth. They can all die. Dude, you're so you just gotta over enunciate with your lips. Over enunciate. I'm close. I'm close to Trump. 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 Okay. Anyways. Uh, (laughs) Talk about a horrifying creature. I mean, yeah, yeah, dude. Oh my god. But the one, the one thing I think is also funny though is like. These creatures, off times, we were talking about them being part of the theme of certain stories and stuff. Mm. Let let us let us let us talk about some of the friendly creatures. So we talked about mm. mean ones, and the the thing I the thing that weirds me out is we don't have that many friendly creatures from the sea. That's why, like certain adaptations of the mermaid, like the Hans Christian Andersen or whatever the fuck, uh, yeah. uh, mermaid story that like stands out because most of them are like freaky fucking sirens that draw you to your doom or weird yeah. bitches like splash and goddamn little mermaid are the only two times that i've seen mermaids be pretty chill yeah you know what's crazy man splash was the sexiest movie i'd ever seen in my whole life 100 <laughs> percent. when i 100 percent. when i saw that movie i was like this is the i this is the hottest thing i've ever seen because i was like pretty young when i saw that mm-hmm you know, of course, that, shortly thereafter, I got to see a bunch of titties with my dad's barbarian movies. But, you know, <laughs> I was going to does that movie. Ha- I, I remember that movie having nudity in it. It does. Am I misremembering? No, it doesn't. OK, but no, I think I mean, it does. Oh, OK. Well, I don't I don't know what the I don't know what the rating is, but it damn sure wasn't R. But it, even at the PG at that time, there could have been some nippleage. But I do think they did a lot of work with her hair over her boobs ah, and a yes. lot of work with her sensuously unfolding her tail in a bathtub to be very suggestive and stuff. Oh, oh you know trust what I mean? me. I remember that. Yeah. <laughs> and maybe a little bit of her swimming underwater topless so they could kind of obscure it with like some kelp covering a nipple occasionally or some blurry boobage under the thing. But I, I, I think don't there was really... like some side boob. But yeah. OK. It, okay, was, it, it felt it was very, like full boob yeah. to me. Yeah, at that age, oh, I mean, come on. As a, like, yeah, it's, as it's, a like child? A, it's like uncut cocaine. A side boob is like a giant bump of uncut cocaine for a child. hundred <laughs> you know, you know percent. We've all been there. Mm-hmm. Uh, especially uh, at that age. Oh. But yeah, Daryl Hannah was great in that movie. And, uh, vintage Daryl Hannah, yes. Dude, and Vintage John Candy. Oh, fuck. Dude, oh, yeah. I want to watch that movie now. I think it's on Disney+. Plus. Ooh, I think it is. That's, oh, that's interesting. Yeah, I'd be, I'd go, I'd be, the, I'd be down. But back to your point, Ed, about 
like sea creatures, I think that that's sort of a leftover fear or or story trope from like pre-science fiction, right? Like the before space was the great unknown from which our doom would come, it was the sea. Yeah. yeah. And I I just think that it's very hard to get past that idea of like this is not our native environment. It's filled with things that we can't identify and can't explain. Like your friendly little buddy just isn't going to come from there. It, yeah. it, other than maybe Free Willy, and even that has uncomfortable associations in a post Blackfish world. So yeah. I don't know. Yeah, yeah. I mean, and uh, you know, if you think about people who are on the sea, first off. Half the time they were like suffering from some weird ass Lyme's disease or some other disease that they were like basically driven insane. They were hornier than any man who have ever been men. They were they were like, I'll fuck that fish. I don't give a shit. Let's do this. Like that's, why, that's like that's half what manatees like half of a lot of people think mermaids were from some sexy thing. No, they were from manatees who were and they were so horny that they saw a manatee and were like, I will fuck that fish. Gimme that fish's vagina right now. Like that's what their brains were saying because they were on the sea for so long. And that's where krakens came from. Like krakens krakens are scary because you, there was like big enough octopuses that every once in a while someone would like oh, get drunk, fall overboard, and a fucking octopus would take them down to the mo- you know bottom of the sea or whatever. Yeah. So yeah. you know, or they would be just scared. They would see those scary ass suckers come out of the thing and they'd be like you know they catch an octopus and it would slither its way out of some shit and they're like nope nope dude these are monsters and i don't want to fuck with them (laughs) there it's still amazing to me that the giants like the actual giant squid the scientifically named giant squid was something that like had never been captured on film of any kind up until like 2017 or something and it was that was like the first time you could scientifically um, corroborate that that it existed, like a squid with, you know, like a 30, 40 foot long tentacle span. Um, it, it 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 is that blurry line between like cryptozoology and actual undiscovered creatures. And so, yeah, there's something mm. kind of freaky about that. <laughs> Well, that's what keeps the that's what keeps the hope alive for these dumbasses. You know what I'm saying? Just like and wait, wait till they go to the like. Like, you know what I saw? I saw this thing. It was like the universe doesn't seem to stretch out in infinite, uh, in in infinite in all directions. It seems to have sort of a disc shape. And I'm like, oh, here come the flat Earth. It's like well, we were wrong about the Earth being flat, but we were trying to say the universe is flat, man. Turtles all the way down underneath that universe. Exactly. And so like us finding weird creatures all the time kind of pisses me off because it gives these idiots the the carte blanche to be like, yup, we found the giant squid. So obviously the fucking hood leprechaun is real too. (laughs) And obviously uh, uh, fucking, you know, Anthony Hopkins is a lizard person because I saw a gleam in his eye on one tape. You know, or one take of of uh, Silence of the Lambs outtake, and when, when you look at it a certain way, it looks like he's a lizard. Per- it's like we found a squid, dude. It's it's right. not carte blanche for you to fucking write a blank check for zoological, mythological, cryptozoological idiocy forever. You know what I mean? But as far as like like cute creatures and stuff, fairies, 
fairies are kind of cool. Hmm. Um, not the fae. The fae are horrifyingly scary, evil things that will trick you into like eating their food, and so you live, fall asleep, and can't move, and all this other crazy shit. And <laughs> you don't want to fuck. Yeah, fae, fae are fucking scary. The fairies, they're cute. Although they're part of the fae, they're just different. You said like an eight-year-old, like <laughs> trying to describe. Let me like, explain. Fairies, I don't trust them. They got uh, wings. Oh, no. You can't. Oh, wings, wings. Ah, uh, ooh, ah. Uh, get them out. Build a wall. Fairies, what are fairies, they? Fairies, we can't have <laughs> a mystical wall, so fairies can't get in. <laughs> So those who can't tell from the audio alone, Ron's body language would clue you into the fact that that was his Trump impression. Yeah, yeah. Pretty great. Pretty great. Oh, you can't tell by my voice, which is basically like a baby voice? Oh, okay. I want fairies. <laughs> That's exactly what Trump sounds like. Oh, my God. Uh, but like, I never, but I with never a New York liked, accent. I never really liked any of that shit. Like little tiny people with wings that are like little, but they're like. Okay, Tinkerbell is sexy. I'm sorry. I don't yeah, know how old she's cool. supposed to be in the original myths or whatever, but like every incarnation of Tinkerbell is really low key sexy. Yeah, and like a little tiny sexy woman is just like too much. Like, like I don't want to talk about tiny. I'm talking about tiny. Sorry, like, and you can't fuck her. You're gonna, it's just like, you're gonna well, make yes, her explode, dude. You that, can't. That, oh, well, there's a there's a scene in uh the the new uh, Gen V where like a, a a lady can make herself small unless she jumps at a guy's junk. So yeah, I don't don't worry about it. I, I'll get that handled. You know, what I'm saying? I think I think her wings could produce enough torque to go up and down. And, and anyway, <laughs> Jesus Christ, we are I, disgusting, and I love us. <laughs> I'm just saying. Hey, who's I this never we really, you're talking about? I, I'm not involved disgusting. in this. <laughs> I never really liked fairies or little weird people flying around. I never really liked their like particular style of magic. Like they're part of this little. I can't have fun. That's all I hear from you. It's just. That's all I, I hear. I don't know what. I, I don't like the purposes they've served in any story I've ever read that features them. By the way, would, to be clear, I only say. Um, that Ed can't have fun because it irritates him so much <laughs> when I say it to him. I know Ed can have fun. He has fun with lots of things, but it makes him so mad when I say that Ed can't have fun. It actually hurts his feelings. You can see it in his little eyes. Just he's like, fuck you, Ron, you fucking dick. I can have fun. I just don't like stupid things. <laughs> Well, I mean, you've read my mind. You've added to left to your <laughs> repertoire. Again, Ed's terrible anti-magic views come to light. Dude, yeah, the We get it. Anti-magite right here. I yeah, hate, that's I good. Hate, I like that. I like that I one. I hate magic. It sucks. And but okay, so the bottom line is of magical creatures. Let me name a magical creature that I actually think is fresh on a timer. Give me a timer. Ten. Okay. Nine. Nine. Eight, eight, seven, seven six, six, five, five, four, three, two, one, one and a half. I can't. I literally can't. Unicorn. I, I, I can't. No, I hate them. They suck. Yeah. Pegasus. They're fucking dumb. Yeah. Winged like a fucking, horse. A horse. Let me throw this one out at you. And this one is a little bit between magic and myth. I've always been a big Griffin fan. 
Ooh, Griffins are dope. Okay, okay, now we're talking. I, but you know what? I kind of tried to exclude the mythological ones because I like a lot of those, like chimeras. I think yeah, those sure. are weird. That's pretty dope. But yeah, the griffin in particular is fresh. Like winged, oh. winged lion is iller than winged horse. Most and, important oh, question. Oh, my. oh, winged lion versus winged horse. Let's get uh, nuts. Let's have a mythological stupid monarch verse. No, dude, first of all, no contest whatsoever. The fucking <laughs> griffin has yeah. the head and the, the killer instinct and the eyesight and the maneuverability of the eagle, which yeah. is one of the great killers on earth. And then the raw strength and swiping clawing power of the lion, which is yeah. another great killer on earth. Yeah. No mm-hmm. fucking horse. The horse is <laughs> prey, 100% prey to a griffin. Yeah. Oh, he's faster than the Griffin. Oh, but okay, okay. Let's flesh this. And out, he's not guys. on other podcasts. They riff out, you know, uh, weird jokes about each other, and they're mean to each other. Let's do this. Okay, there's a, there's a universe where obviously the good guys are these pussy ass unicorns because they're you're right. Griffins would fuck them up. So obviously the Griffins are the bad guys. So if the Griffins are the bad guys, I'm, look, I'm trying to get this My Little Pony get, money, dude. No, they're so not they're, bad guys. <laughs> You got this flipped around like the Griffins are the good guys. The unicorns <laughs> are just a dumb food source and we need a third creature to be the bad guys. <laughs> no, unicorns that are uh, look, you, you forgot that unicorns can sometimes, depending on the unicorn, um, shoot things out of its horn. Yeah. Rainbows. What the fuck does that do? <laughs> It turns ah. them happy, and then everybody frolics. Uh, I, and I then the fucking griffin comes by and eats all of them with the power of a thousand lions. <laughs> <laughs> and it's just natural. It's not like it's not like vicious per se. Here's my pitch. Here's okay, my yeah. pitch. Mm-hmm. The unicorn is the food source. The griffin is the hero. The sphinx is the villain Ooh. and the sphinx has the body of a lion and the head of a man but it has the behavior of just a pure lion how creepy would that be that this thing mm. is stalking you and preying on you and trying to eat you but it's looking at you with the face of a man that's that what i want to see that's pretty creepy i mean and actually you know what creepy. here's the story is that sure the unicorns are like plentiful and the griffins do hunt them, but they hunt them like other wild animals hunt things. They don't kill all of them. They kill some of right. them. They've right. got to eat. They're trying to stay alive. It's the circle of life. But not and the Sphinx. us all. The Sphinx the- is trying to kill all the unicorns, which basically takes away the, the food source of the griffins. So now the griffins have to fight the Sphinxes. And we've written the Lion King with different faces. Yeah. That's what we've done here. Yeah, I I like I like the Sphinx guys. Guys, I'll put my executive hat on. I like the Sphinx guys. But we're gonna run into some uncanny valley problems with the face on this thing. It's gonna That's get a little modocky. I don't know, it's gonna get a little modocky. So allow me to pitch something up. let's let's look at a basilisk perhaps. Uh some kind of creature. I think that's how the media would go, because like I just think I like a lot of the weird monsters that are like, um, 
it's like the griffin the griffin has to fight something like the basilisk being like a big weird super magic serpent that can freeze you like if you look into its eyes whatever so like the eagle has such visual acuity it having to turn off one of its major senses to fight this thing and and the natural anonymity that eagles have towards snakes and serpentine creatures you know there's there's just to me there's something there with the basilisk i have i approve of this i'm I'm down with the basilisk so like on the next one just see if you can work in the basilisk so the basilisk (laughs) or something like that that let me take that one step further, and what if we're actually writing, a, a, you know, an animal-based story, but it's set in the mythological broader world, and mm-hmm. so you can actually have the bad guy be like a minotaur or a medusa gorgon or something like that. Mm-hmm. So, mm-hmm. you know, instead of Hercules or whoever the fuck having to go through all this, you've got a nice you know, Disney style animal adventure, but it's a mm-hmm. griffin versus all of these other monsters of myth. Yeah, like he's going on his own Clash of the Titans ass adventure. Yeah. To become yeah. the griffin he's supposed to be at the end of it, Kung Fu Panda esque style or whatever Disney esque style. Yeah, yeah. That's good stuff. And he could run into uh like okay, it, it's Disney, so he can't eat the unicorns anymore, Bill. But I think he can um Befriend one, and it'll be like the Lion King. Just do the Lion King over. He befriends a food source, and they fucking sing Hakuna uh, Medusa. Hakuna Medusa. They just mean no worries. Don't look into but her don't eyes. But don't look into her eyes. Yeah. Yeah. Use exactly. a mirror. <laughs> and you're just to slay that bitch. <laughs> <laughs> it's, I, I want to see uh, uh, mythology, philosophy. Autopsy <laughs> on this dead ass bitch. <laughs> We're going to kill her. It's like, and Medusa's just sitting in her, in her shit, like, do you know my original story? I'm the wronged party. I am right. literally the good guy. Oh my God. What if a Griffin and Medusa team up together against all the rest of those fuckers? Cause they're both misunderstood yeah. monsters. I think the Griffin is like a monster in most of the stories. I don't think, I don't, I don't think we've ever seen a heroic griffin before so no. he's a fucking monster medusa's a wrong ass monster and no man will help her mm-hmm. Thro- fucking throw in a cyclops and you got a stew baby oh dude oh fuck for real you got a fucking goofy ass lord of the rings band of walking flying fucks going towards some idiotic adventure where they all like one of them has a tin man thing one of them has a oh, cowardice so thing the best way to sell it is to call it idiotic that is the best way to do it <laughs> okay yeah. idiotic uh for for the people out, uh, in the cheap seats idiotic sells baby okay brilliance <laughs> is Double not down. marketable <laughs> yeah we talked about this on the last episode dude brilliance on, is on a- yeah not marketable so idiotic let's go for that and base but we're doing the flip, right? So we got evil, ostensibly evil animals who have been wronged and are like, nobody believes in them and shit. Yeah, yeah. Cyclops is a great other animal yeah. because it's like other creature because they're just like, hey, man, I got one eye, but I'm a party dude. You know, everybody runs away all the time, you know. It's, yeah, it's also dude. and it's also like Cyclopses just chill out on their own island. It's not like they're going out looking for trouble. People come exactly. and shit with them. Yes, yes, that's a real fee fi fo fum shit. You know what I'm saying? With motherfuckers come around there. You got rats in your house. You got little Odysseus and his homies are like little rats and bugs in your house. Of course you're gonna smash them or fuck them up or trap them or whatever. That's 
what you're supposed to do with pests. I mean, I think that's the movie is just an inversion of classic Greek myths where all the monsters team up to take down men. You know what I mean? Yeah. It's like your villains are essentially like Achilles and Theseus and the, all those guys. Oh, shit. That's hardcore, dude. That is hardcore. And fucking Hercules and Perseus. And the, they've got like a Justice League of good looking guys. And they're always looking at each other. They've got mirrored shields. So they can look at each other and shit. Oh, my God, dude. But the they are wearing the, the lion coats. The, uh, yes. you know, understand. Using yes. uh using a tentacle as like a sword yeah. scabbard, all, you know, like all uh, the monsters they've killed, you just have them just like like uh like like Wookiee skins. When the Trandoshans and Star Wars wear Wookiee skins in front of Wookiees, like yeah, I killed your buddy and I put them on myself. I can get behind humans being the bad guys and things, you know. I mean, one hundred percent. Look, and and all they're doing is like like okay, this is where we go woke and broke, guys. All they're trying to do is assert their personhood. That's literally all they're trying to do. And the greater society is like, you asserting your personhood like bums me out. I'd rather just see you as vicious monsters who just run around doing monstrous shit that we can't understand because you're just so uncivilized. It's like, no, we look different. So your uncivilization kills us without us being able to explain ourselves. Nah, that's not what the narrative I'm going with. Hey, Homer, write down this. He's an asshole and I'm the right. good guy. You writing this down? Okay, now let's stab him relentlessly. You know what I'm saying? Like, I, yeah. <laughs> I think you get a little bit, um, you know, you just jumble up your timeline a little bit. And it's yeah. the monsters. It's it's a Wizard of Oz riff, right? The monsters mm -hmm. are going to petition Alexander the Great, the first emperor of the world, mm -hmm. for their rightful place in the empire. And all these other mythological Greek heroes from Hercules to Odysseus to whoever are trying to fucking attack them and stop them. Because mm -hmm. then that would mean that all these other Greek heroes get recognized as being assholes and they can't mm -hmm. have that. And so yep. getting to Alexander the, the Great mm -hmm. to like rat these guys out is sort of their that's their wizard, you know, the, the land of Oz getting to the palace. Yeah. And, and all these other Greek heroes are the witch. Yeah. And he's and, and obviously Alexander's going to be like, I have heard your plea and in my infinite wisdom. Fuck no, y'all ugly. <laughs> you, know, you know what I'm saying? And then all the heroes jump in and it's a big trap and everything. Dude, wait a minute. And then it turns out it turns into a giant third act battle where it's like, well, fuck, now we gotta kill Alexander the Great and destroy his <laughs> empire. And that is how Alexander the Great died. Yes! Ah, I love it. Great. That is great. Oh man! And if we want to, as long as at one point a unicorn shoots a rainbow, I don't care. No, yeah, it, no. it could do that. It, it could do that as it's dying, like the young Griffin when he's learning how to hunt. Hey, he jumps on hey. one, and as it dies, it shoots out that last rainbow jizz as it dies, and that's uh, and a death spasm. Yep, yep. You wanted you to go, kill Ron? unicorns, just says everything I need to know about you. That's it. That's it. I thought fact, I knew you, Ed. I thought dude, I knew fact, your heart. Dude, the fact that me and Bill are so down to kill unicorns warms my heart, honestly, because like yeah, it's on brand. they've always they've always been useless to me, dude. Like for real. They've always been for real. Nah, dude, they're cool because they're a horse <laughs> with a little horn. Listen, Come on. I'm, gonna go, I'm gonna go one step further. Horses in general can fuck right off. <laughs> 
Oh, shit. We're going to get the horse lobby. You know most of our audience is horse girls for our pop culture oh. podcast <laughs> full of dick jokes. You know we're alienating our chief fan base of horse girls. You know what I'm saying? They're just like trying trying to come without doing anything sexual. You know, just riding these horses all through the meadows all day and all night. What do you think that, that's you horn, that horn is really for? <laughs> Dude, I'm telling you, there is something fucking phallic and weird about unicorns and, 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 and little girls liking them. It's like how you think it's innocent that you're like, whatever your old um, niece likes Justin Timberlake or some boy band. That's riling them up in a way that they don't understand. And I don't like that. And unicorns do that. Unicorns and boy bands instantly banned in my, in my kingdom. No it's more. just like Man. it's just like when I was ten years old and I had all those Georgia O'Keeffe paintings all over my room. Like I was doing <laughs> something to me. <laughs> ah, shit. Man, I thought I was the only one. Oh no, it's a well known it's a well known young boy thing. Like everyone, <laughs> you're not the only one. We've all jacked off to Georgia O'Keeffe paintings, and the world he has one. Um, yeah, I don't know, dude. I think. Uh, Lamborghini posters and Giorgio Keith paintings. That was my childhood, baby. <laughs> yeah, nice. <laughs> uh, but yeah, th- I love that. I love. What would we call it? What What's the title of our of our Disney movie? The the fucking the Griffin I Adventure. Mean, the fucking creature. It's, yeah, it's like a reverse Odyssey of some. Like, what's the reverse Odyssey? The Monster uh, Odyssey. Ooh, Monster Odyssey isn't bad. Feels that, a little like too important for something that's going to be a little more. You know. <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> well, I like it. I don't love it. That's my. Let me put my fingers together. That's my <laughs> note. I like it. I don't love it. Well, according to you, we would never have gotten a name for the podcast if I had to make you love hey, it. Too. Uh, <laughs> how do you oh, spell no. Odyssey? I don't know how to spell. <laughs> a, uh, I can't. If I can't spell it, I. Uh, ooh. Ooh. They call it a monster Odyssey. You heard about this? <laughs> Who are these monsters? Why are they on an Odyssey? <laughs> <laughs> that's great uh, these monsters they want tax breaks um i i really i really think that like yeah monster odyssey is the fucking working title and all right, all right. Uh, i like now, it. So what what are some headliner monsters as we as we dismount here what are some headliner monsters that we didn't get to you mentioned um Loch Ness monster i'll just say my quick spiel I love Loch Ness Monster. I think it's fresh. I think the concept of like a plesiosaur living to right now and being the last remnants of its time. I hate that we haven't gotten any really good stories about like a straight up fucking plesiosaur who lived from that time, got trapped in a time tunnel or some stupid shit or without natural predators. What could kill it? What's going to kill this fucking thing? It's got it's got food sources with the fish. It migrates to warmer waters and shit. It stays really low. It can go really low near kind of the deep water and it can fuck with the fresh water because it's got got you know good lungs and shit it's got new techniques from swimming for thousands of years it's elusive motherfucker and there's nothing big enough to kill it so what why would it be dead and it's just living and it's doing shit and there's some adventure with it right now or somebody wrongs it right now and maybe the tragedy is it gets killed in the end it lived forever got wronged by these people orca style and then humanity killed it and it's like the end of king kong I don't know. Just we've never gotten there, a great story with a plesiosaur. I, I I hate to be that guy, but there was a movie that came out maybe oh, here it is. The Water Horse. I think it's based on a it's based on a book, but it came out in two thousand and seven 
Uh, I don't know that it has to do with all that ancient stuff that you're talking, but like it was essentially that story about how the Loch Ness monster is actually like this beautiful kind of semi-magical creature, and then human beings are trying to ET it? it, and a young boy, you know. Did they kill it? Oh, don't tell uh, me. I'll, I'll I'll watch it and see if it dies. And if it dies, yeah. I'm gonna be really mad at you, Bill. I, don't you hate that when people be like, uh, like, is something gonna happen to the dog? And then you know something happens to it. Like you, motherfucker! God <laughs> damn you! It's not my fault that Old Yeller ends like that or whatever. You know what I'm saying? This is like it's, it still has power. Yeah. But anyway, um, as far I, as it's a serious good movie with a plesiosaur, okay, maybe it doesn't have to end tragically with, you know, I, I, it was I, Beauty I who killed the beast. It, maybe it doesn't have to end that way. King Kong, one of the great all-time monsters, uh, creatures, I guess, by the way. Mm-hmm. Um, one that I wanted to bring up that we have not mentioned at all, and I don't think would really make anybody's list, but is certainly near the top of mine for favorite creatures, are chuds. <laughs> so... <laughs> Let me just quick pitch. So I once sold a show and it aired on Discovery Channel, Discovery Channel and Animal Planet called it was originally called Chud Hunters. Um, it eventually was retitled to Monsters Underground. And the whole idea was it was monster hunters like Bigfoot hunters, but they were searching for um, undiscovered species slash monsters in caves. And I have a real love and fascination for caves. So, of course, the original Chud, cannibalistic humanoid underground dweller, was a <laughs> schlocky B-horror movie in the 80s set mm-hmm. in the sewers of New York, yep. which is fine. But where Chuds really won me over was in a horror movie called The Descent about a group of yes. women who yes. go cave diving. And I don't know how else to describe the creatures they encounter other than Chuds. They are cannibalistic humanoid underground dwellers. And ever since then, I have just really been enamored with this idea that like deep in caves, which are completely cut off from life as we know it, right? We've discovered all kinds of eyeless salamanders and fish that are completely translucent and like stark white crabs and spiders, like all this shit that on the surface of it is just like creepy crawly. Why not something that's ostensibly human-ish, ape-ish, but mm-hmm. is, like, grotesque and bald and will eat anything that comes near it? And, you know, you just don't want to encounter it. Sort of a slimy, hairless, pale chimpanzee down in a cave somewhere. I love chunts. The Descent was a good one. Uh, there's a movie. I, it's called Perine or Perine. Some weird shit. And it posits that basically after a long time of being stranded on a spaceship, that's like a generation mm. ship, a long time of being stranded on a spaceship, there's people that are on the ship that adapted to being on the ship. So they got less and less humanoid and less and less just they got really paler because there was any vitamin D and the solar lamps shut off and they were crawling around in caves all the time. They got this whole new society that was cannibalistic. And then when they found a survivor, the regular survivors from the generation ship, they'd eat them. And so very few people who were outside of the cryopods could like live and shit. It's a fucking good ass movie. Fuck. I'll, I'll, I'll try to put it in the liner notes. Matter of fact, fuck that. It's such a good movie. I'm going to fucking pause this. God damn it. Well, I, I, no, you can, you oh. can look it up because. I, I was going to say that sounds a lot like the Morlocks, 
not the X-Men villains, the Morlocks, but the original Morlocks from H.G. Wells' The Time Machine, yeah. which posits that, you know, 10,000 years in the future, essentially the human species has evolved into two separate species, one of whom lives above ground and one of whom lives underground. And the Morlocks are essentially more intelligent versions of the Chuds we're describing. Like, yes, yes. It has a great, great lineage in science fiction, that whole idea. Yeah, a movie's called Pandorum. And it has, you know, some schlocky parts, you know, it's got one of those things where if you if you could afford a little bit better actors for certain roles, this and that. But they are working with what they got. They got a kung fu guy in there. That's dope. They got some old crazy dudes that are in there. They got a a guy playing. I think like Carrie Elwes or somebody's playing one of the captains. It's some big actors playing one of the captains. It's nuts. It's nuts. But the bottom line is these chuds in there, they're like space chuds. And they're like yeah. us if we were allowed to like break out of our pods and evolve into these sort of thing that's alien, but but still reminiscent of our of ourselves. We can remember that glimmer of humanity enough to hate it and want. I to love eat it that. I, I I remember when that movie came out, and I did not know that's what it was about. And now, like, I really want to go watch that. Yeah, it <laughs> sounds totally Ill. interesting. It's really ill. Yeah, that's cool. Well, um. I guess I, I guess we have to bring up a couple of, you know, the classics just to get them out, right? Like Godzilla. We have to bring up Godzilla. Sure. Um, Who, Godzilla. by the way, like, should be stated, we're not going to brush past him just because we don't like him. Like, Godzilla's sick as fuck and one of the great all-time monsters slash creatures. But, you know, gallons of ink have been spilled. And and by gigabytes of podcasts have been spilled about Godzilla. So <laughs> and more oh, expert yeah. than probably all of us as well about well, just, Godzilla. So well, let's just like uh, the thing I, I'm going to try to have a unique take on Godzilla. And to me, it is this Godzilla is like the Superman of the monsters. Like he, he literally can't be beat. So the whole point of doing stories about him is to elucidate the human experience. And uh, according to all reviews that I've had, I'm still I'm going to go probably see uh, Godzilla minus one like tomorrow or the next day. I think it's still in the theaters. I'm going to go check it out because I think um, that's kind of seems to be what they do in this one. And it's the only it thing rocks. you can do with Godzilla and the other movies kind of eschew that or try too hard to do that in a, in a jokey hokey way. And that's why the so-called MonsterVerse movies are seem to be inferior in regards to portraying humans to this you know uh godzilla minus one yeah. oh, okay no i think so first of all godzilla minus one is fucking awesome um lives up to the hype i think godzilla minus one also does a really smart thing where it just tries to be a straight-up horror movie you know it doesn't it doesn't try to humanize godzilla or make him the lesser of two evils, or make him heroic, or give him a backstory, none of that shit. Like, he just goes back to being a monster in a monster movie, and it's so refreshing how effective that is after, I mean, a whole generation now of not just Godzilla, but so many movies trying to find the humanity in the monster and make them misunderstood. It's almost like every monster has been turned into Frankenstein. Like, mm. and it, that that doesn't need to happen. And I think Godzilla minus one is a great statement on that. Hundred percent. And that's yeah. why uh, I don't like vampires that you like 
feel bad for. Even though I loved Buffy and there were a couple of vampires that were like that, the rest of them were all just murdering psychos. And I like vampires that are murdering psychos. But the question is, since most vampires are not really creatures, they're people who were turned into creatures, Does the, mm. do they count as creatures? Hmm. Let me let me jump in with something that I've I've mentioned before, but it's one of my all time great obscure comic book references, and that mm. is Humberto Ramos's Crimson from yes. back in the cliffhanger days. Of uh, ah shit! Crimson posited that vampires were the descendants of the Gregori, which are this it's this very obscure reference in the Book of Genesis from the Bible that talks about these creatures called the Gregori, which is usually translated as the Watchers, and nobody, literally nobody alive, no historian, can agree on what that actually refers to. But readings of non-canonical books of the Bible allow you to piece together that essentially the Gregori, um, I, I don't remember if they were distinct from the Nephilim or not, but... I think it was the Nephilim were angels that had fallen to earth and essentially become mortal. And then when the Nephilim started interbreeding with human women, their offspring were the Gregori, which were these sort of like monstrous half angel, half human creatures that were shunned by the rest of humanity. And so Crimson posited that the Gregori sort of started this whole alternate line of human evolution, which eventually turned into vampires. Actually, Those are creatures. That's fun. Yeah. That's, I like that. I like them not being human at all. That's cool. Yeah. Yeah. All right, cool. I like that. I like that take. That's a fun-ass take. And that also brings me to, since you said Bible, how about the Anunnaki? <laughs> oh, Jesus. <laughs> um, I mean, look... Uh, again, as a as a lover, an ironic lover of batshit conspiracy theories, yeah, I I do love the Anunnaki, uh, but I can't really love the Anunnaki because there's too many people out there who really believe that shit is real. Yeah, and that's where you lose me. Yeah, a hundred percent. But it is a fun ass, a, a weird idea. Like, oh, they, I I know uh, the Zachariah Sitchin one. You know the Zachariah Sitchin one, right? No. Could, oh. Do do a quick do a quick rundown or or I can about the Anunnaki legend so that people because it is I think it's less well known than maybe you think. Yeah. Okay. Well, the Anunnaki, uh, according to some crazy ass people, are I guess aliens, right? Um, that came and created human beings. Now, there's mm. a bunch of different conspiracy theories on that. Some of them are that they took their own DNA. And spliced it with Bigfoot. <laughs> yes. I'm yes. not fucking kidding, by the way. That is a real ass. People think that that's real, and that's where humans are, and that's why they're no Bigfoot anymore, is because the Anunnaki's did a, a thing so that Bigfoots could be smart, and that it shrunk them, uh, and that's why they're not giant anymore. Uh -huh. um, and that we're actually part Bigfoot. There's another one where they spliced themselves and um, uh, just regular Cro-Magnon man, which did right. exist up to that point. And mm -hmm. then that's why we take that 300,000 years to uh, where it seems like we went from being kind of dumb 
to using pretty complicated tools. Yes. Um, and then that's like the explanation for it. Now, Zachariah Sitchin is this guy who believes in a thing called the 12th planet or some shit like that that's on some elliptical orbit that comes around every 365,000 years or whatever convenient number he came up with. And it gets close enough to Earth that they can jump a spacecraft <coughs> to Earth. And that's where the Anunnaki came from. And they came to get gold so that they could use it to um, fix their ozone layer. So, And that's yes a real to, book that a guy wrote. Yes, to all that, let me just add a little bit of uh, flavor. So the Anunnaki also ties into lizard person conspiracy theories. Oh, oh shit! Dude. So some people, and I think, I think David Icke, who's like the original reptilian yes. conspiracy theorist, yeah. says that the Anunnaki are the reptilians who are sort of like the secret shape-shifting race that secretly rules the world. So like oh. when you hear the term blue bloods referring specifically to like European royals mm. in David Icke's reading, that is because those people are literally descended from lizard-like aliens and, and they continue to sort of rule the world in secret. So some people believe that those are the Anunnaki. Other people believe that those are the Draconids or the Draconies and the Anunnaki are an ancient alien race that's been at war with them for a long time. So when the reptilians arrived on Earth to take it over, the Anunnaki arrived here in secret to gift men technology, to gift human beings technology that's so that right. we could rise up against our lizard overlords. So And they had a nuclear war, and that's why the desert in the Middle East is the way it is when it shouldn't be that way, or at least in theory, shouldn't be that way. Yeah. yeah. So there's there's all kinds of amazing Anunnaki theories, but I, it should also be mentioned that, like, the reason people cl clamp onto this is the exact same reason that the people get obsessed with the Nephilim and the Gregori. In the Bible, those words appear, like, once or twice, and they have these, they're in these very sort of obtuse, like, hard to understand passages so it's ripe to fill in the blanks and the anunnaki are the same way so the anunnaki mm. are historically some of the oldest gods in human religion and so like the ancient sumerians um essentially worshiped members of the anunnaki and because the historical record is so incomplete people can fill in the gaps of like all right, so these first human civilizations make these sort of obscure references to these different members of the Anunnaki. And so instead of just chalking it up to like, well, it's like the Greek pantheon, you know, they chalk it up to like, no, it was ancient aliens. And that's where you get all kinds of this shit. <laughs> Dude, ain't, oh man, there's nothing that will ever piss me off more than ancient aliens. Uh, Ron, mark yeah. it down. And the book of Ed. I hate this more than magic. Ooh. Write it down. I Ooh, hate yeah. this more than magic. Magic has, in the best senses, rules and and situations where this leads that that leads to this. This mismosh, this rat king of lore that you guys just dropped on me, makes me fucking insane. It's it's running in all these different directions. You know what I'm saying? It's like it's. It's obfuscating stuff. It's filling in blanks that 
It's Bible-based? Dude, this is blowing my mind how much I hate this. So yeah. thank you. You've introduced yeah. me to something that I hate more than magic. And then the Lizard King thing, or the, the Lizard person thing, it's just like, Jesus fucking. You know what I mean? Like, uh, yeah. And that's kind of what I mean where, like, the the lore that people create is fun in its batshit insanity, but then it sort of withers your soul when you realize that tons, literally millions of people are out there in the world believing that this shit is 100% true mm-hmm. and yeah. probably millions more maybe don't believe it's 100% true, but the general idea has got some real mm-hmm. juice behind it. And all those people, like, come on, come the fuck on. And then you got the fucking, besides the whole conspiracy theory, there's this cabal that runs the world that's not named the fucking Koch brothers or the Bilderberg group. That's the thing. You do not have to hide the fact that you run the world from us plebeians. Because all we do, especially in America, is go, ooh, whose dick do I got to suck? Who I got to, what kind of puff daddy party do I have to go to to get invited to be a fucking Koch brother? That's all we ask. We never ask. Why why does evil run the world? We just ask, how can I be down? So they don't have to fucking hide ever. They never have to fucking hide. And they literally tell you what they're doing. They don't, yeah, they, don't, they tell they don't you disguise it ever. Like, yeah, they tell you what they're doing. And the the other thing I hate about you know the whole ancient aliens thing is again, I you know they don't want to be too woke and go broke because mm-hmm. I must be the wokest right winger, the right wingest woker. I don't know, but like I despise the whole. These ancient people couldn't have built their pyramids. Yep. These ancient people couldn't have written this lore. These ancient people couldn't have these devices that we didn't see in Europe until da 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 da. These ancient, it's got to be aliens. They just must believe that anything else in the universe made this cool clock other than a little Mayan guy or an Egyptian dude or whatever. It'd be like aliens from the future of now coming back to this time. And looking at fucking drywall and going, oh, these fucking monsters that lived here couldn't have made this. This yeah, must no. have been another species from another planet that came here and did this. It's even worse than that because it's literally like humans a thousand years from now, two thousand years from now, looking at the shit we built. Like looking at a skyscraper and being like, we couldn't possibly. How the fuck? Like, yeah, there's no yeah. way. I mean, yeah, that's yeah. the thing that's shitty is it's it's literally humans degrading humans. Yeah, it's yeah. wild. Yeah. And that's yeah. why that's the interesting thing. By the way, this brings us back to creatures, because half of the time, these creatures that exist are to to tell us about these dumb foibles. Literally, that myth about Anunnaki tells us all the foibles about regular people that we need to know. It's mm. that's that's what's so interesting about a lot of these types of creatures. And and, you know, like, I mean, I, I, I just find it fascinating that that even in Godzilla, a thing that seems to be just a scary force of nature, you're actually telling the story about the defeat of the Japanese people and the way it affected their lives. It's that's just a even in, in such a stupid, big old monster blowing up shit with his fire nuclear breath thing there's there's something interesting in that and that's the power of good storytelling the power of good creatures i just love that type of shit the cool thing about godzilla is that godzilla exists in the same tradition as like gremlins and fey and like all of these actual mythological creatures where it's like 
humans just need a way to personify so that we can internalize shit outside of our control. You know what I mean? Like mm. the reality is that you cannot control the world in which you live. And sometimes shit just breaks bad. Sometimes in the case of like World War II Japan, shit breaks really, really bad. And those people who were living in Hiroshima and Nagasaki, they had no say in what the emperor was doing. And it's like for them, there's no way to make sense of their powerlessness without creating a story about something personifying that powerlessness. And I think whether mm -hmm. that's, you know, ancient Celtic people thinking that there were demonic little imps in the forest that would account for fires and rain and whatever the fuck else, or whether that's the Japanese having to cope with the reality of the nuclear bomb by creating this giant undefeatable creature, like there is something primal and, and, and necessary about the human need to create creatures because it, they are just a way for us to to cope with to make sense of a world that's bigger than us and always will be uh you were talking about godzilla being like the representation of the like uh inexorable colonial force of america <laughs> and our technology more or less and japanese people like you know uh metabolizing that with that it made me think of that. You remember that old like Harry Turtle Dove ass like alternate history stuff, uh, where where like there's these alternate history novels where like the South won the Confederate War or we lost World War Two or oh, just, or Hitler wins these, or whatever. Yeah, yeah, yeah he, we, we yeah, well, that would be technically we lost World War Two. Who you think Mussolini's going to be the guy who takes the credit? Yeah, of that? course. That's Hitler's old day. Anyway, uh, <laughs> that's funny to say that in an Italian voice. Um, <laughs> the, the point is. Uh, you guys were talking about gremlins earlier. I was thinking of a hairy turtle dove alternate history, bro. Motherfucking gremlins get on the fat man and little boy planes as they're flying and drop the fucking bombs on America. And we're super poor and fucked up and bombed out and we're losers and we make the stereos of the future or whatever the fuck. And the, the whole shit gets turned around. And maybe the gremlins are, I don't want to make the, gem, the gremlins Japanese. Maybe they're sympathetic to the Japanese cause. This is getting more racist by the minute. But anyway, the point is gremlins or some sort of force that, that, that isn't even involved in our conflict changes our world. And go fantasy fucks. You know, that I don't have too much more than that, but that would be sick, right? <laughs> Just as long as William Shatner is one of the pilots of Fat Man and Little Boy and is trying to insist <laughs> that he saw a gremlin on the plane and nobody believes him. That's yes. that's the only yeah. way I accept that. <laughs> yes. Well, absolutely. and the worst part was, of course, they were mogways at first, but then some guy. Yep. Got he got a, he spilled a little mustard on a mogwai <laughs> and was like, oh, man, this poor mogwai is so dirty. I better give it a bath. <laughs> yep. You know yep. what you know what the story is. Some dude on an American military base buys a Mogwai when he's yes. on shore leave. Yep. And they all think it's really cute and they keep it around as like a mascot and then they take off to launch Fat Man and Little Boy and the Enola Gay was that the was that the plane? No, the uh, there was a name for the plane, I forget it. Anyway, yeah. but it it gets wet on the plane. It drops mm -hmm. the bombs on Los Angeles, and then the <laughs> plane crashes in the ocean, and that Mogwai 
multiplies into like a hundred thousand gremlins that then march onto the nuclear destroyed beaches and spread from there. So it's a it's a dystopian alternate history starring the gremlins. And maybe because they're nuclear gremlins, they get gargantuan and they start they they swim gremlins too look like, you know, nothing. Yeah, they swim across the fucking oceans to other countries and really start just eating all their pizza. It's like a nightmare. Gremlins. This is the reboot we deserve. Dude, they already fucking rebooted fucking damn it we need to get these things out quicker guys because they already wasted their time with this other reboot that's like you know got themes and then the, you know stuff like that. no 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 no. this is what we're talking about dropping a bunch of fucking gremlins in the ocean bill that's a fucking masterstroke this is all beautiful guys that is fucking amazing dude we got I like three, four viable pitches out of this episode alone. I mean, <laughs> I know we got to set up meetings now. Seriously, oh, yeah, yeah. We should- okay. Monster Odyssey is is coming down the pipe. We got we got uh, gargantuan gremlins coming next summer. <laughs> nuclear gremlins is a title yeah. that sells itself. Yes. Yeah. Oh yes, nuclear gremlins. Yeah, yeah, nuclear gremlins. Uh, I'll take that note. Uh, but yeah, so so. One thing we haven't talked about too much is some of the um, comic booky monsters and weird uh, creatures that shall not be named. You know what I'm saying? Like yes. the ones that are like Voldemort. Like, I mean, uh, no, I mean I'm th- I'm thinking like those weird ones, like the Shumagorath. Yeah. Yes, shit like that. There's You're so H. much Lovecrafty, and like you can't even. Oh shit! We didn't talk about Cthulhu this whole fucking time. And look, I'm not one of those people. I understand fucking yeah. HP yeah. Lovecraft deserved to be fed headfirst into a threshing machine. Okay. I get that. But Cthulhu is fucking scary. It's a weird yep. concept. Something that's so crazy and monstrous that it drives you insane because your brain can't even fucking process it. I love to say process with a Canadian accent. Your brain can't even process what this thing is. So you go mad. Fuck. And it's more ancient than time. I mean, I yeah. think that's kind of what we should have been aiming for. If, oh God, another viable pitch coming. Me and Bill got something in the hopper that's kind of like this. But like an ancient creature is what the Eternals should have been. Ancient, beyond our kin, weird fucking things. Not some facts of life episode stretched across fucking millennia with too many characters. No, excuse me. A Friends episode stretched across millennia. That's boring with no Ross and no monkey. That's what the fuck. We got with that Eternals movie. I did not get the, the 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 feeling that these were beings that were immortal. Even the fucking Highlander was more immortal than these people. You know what I'm saying? It just it didn't have the gravitas. But like, yeah. So you need so they needed a Scottish accent, is what you're saying? Uh, yeah, definitely. That's right. Sure. I got to go and get my. I got to I, invent the <laughs> nuclear bomb. Well, that would have been a combination of the Eternals with the Fae, right? Everything yeah. just, you just yeah. put in a Scottish accent, and then magic, you know, is Fae. That's what. It is. <laughs> but you know, I'm just saying, like, 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 maybe I'm infected by Monster Odyssey, but like this concept of like monsters, like real deal, like odious creatures that were built for a weird uh, task that they're that they already accomplished a long time ago. And now they're listlessly roaming through time as these things that aren't quite human. 
Did you get that sense from fucking Eternals? You did not. No, it no. wasn't there. And yeah. it could be, you know what yeah. I'm saying? With the, with a little bit of a little dash of Cthulhu, a little dash of like, they're so cosmic that the shit ain't even science no more. A little Hellraiser in there. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? I, they could have, you know. I do think that in general, cosmic horror is kind of the apotheosis of the whole idea of creatures, right? It's like creatures so above and beyond humanity and everything we know that they become these like incomprehensible God things. And I think, yes, you see that in Lovecraft, but you also see it in like Stephen King's whole metaverse. Oh yeah. With the, you know, the shining lights or the blink blinking lights or whatever, like it is a part of um, the idea that there is like, there's an ecosystem to the multiverse that breeds its own sort of organic ish creatures mm -hmm. that can reach down into our universe and do things that we can't possibly hope to comprehend. Like there is something about that that I think ties into that same lineage as like Godzilla and gremlins, mm -hmm. but is also bigger. It's, you know, yeah. it, it's more like religion than it is like animism. Um, yeah. I, that to me is like, I, I, I'm endlessly fascinated with that. I think because I'm endlessly fascinated with the idea that like the universe doesn't have inherent purpose or meaning. Like we're not here to fulfill some grand destiny, which I don't think is horrific on its face, but it leaves this vacuum where mm. other things can become horrific if they can surpass us. Yeah, that that to me is like a very fertile ground for story and, and just creativity in general. Yeah. yeah. And those and those monsters are. I love an, a monster that you have to fill in the blanks with. Mm. You, 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 your, your imagination has to make the idea of what is incomprehensible in a way. And that it sounds like it's, you know, not possible, but it is. But it is possible because as soon as something says like. The concept you looked upon it and you're you were immediately dr driven mad. The, you wanted mm -hmm. to put a shape to it, but there was no shape that you could understand. Like that type of explanation for something that exists is can is the concept is wild. You, oh, if yeah. you try to put it in, you start making these shapes, and there's there isn't one, and it's like globular but it isn't globular because it's more it's more real than that at the same time that's i love that type of thing yeah Oof. yeah it's like that fucking blobfish eh it's a yeah. sunfish kid it's a sunfish oh the, but it has teeth thing. why does it have sharp teeth it's got a glowy thing Listen, as above, so below. You know, we find the, the we find the blobfish on Earth, and then out in the universe, we have Cthulhu. It's but it's the same all the way down. So, do we want to hit on a couple of comic book uh, scaries, or uh, before we get out of here? I yeah. mean, the the one that sort of bridges the gap, maybe between where we started the conversation with dragons and where we're ending the conversation with like incomprehensible cosmic forces is Fin Fang Foom, one of the all-time great Jack Kirby batshit insane creations, which is like a giant mystical dragon that cannot be stopped, but also wears purple pants like the Hulk. I mean, come on. 
<laughs> Pretty great. <laughs> I mean, look, purple pants uh, are incomprehensible. Like, you see them, and you know they exist, but do they? And why? It almost drives you mad. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> okay, so... Oh, fuck. Also, does Galactus count as a creature? See, I wouldn't count Galactus as a creature, but I might... Well, that John Byrne conception of Galactus, where, like, every every civilization sees it as a member of its own and like Galactus is something beyond comprehension or description, then maybe, but I don't know when I'm thinking cosmic comic book creatures, I think more like Dormammu, Annihilus, like sort of these extra dimensional entities that, you know, have a voraciousness or an avariciousness like for earth and just want to consume and destroy and, I guess that also describes Galactus. I just can't get beyond the fact that he's just a dude. Yeah. 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 Anybody got a big helmet on anybody that puts the anybody whose cranium needs to be guarded by a helmet. I can't count you as a creature. (laughs) You got you got gloves on so you don't touch stuff. You got you can put your you put your draws on one leg at a time like me. (laughs) Exactly. If you're if you're putting on pants and lacing up boots, I don't know if you're a creature. No, hundred percent, hundred percent. I mean, okay, but like, maybe if you're like a what are those bull things with the big horns and the minotaurs? Minotaurs? Yeah. You, do they wear boots? Nope, they don't wear boots. They got hooves. Okay. I think they're naked. I think they're naked, and you yeah. know, we just normally don't see everything because you know. Yeah, you can't be just to. drawing minotaur dick all the time. It's although you work. could. Now that they're you big. You know, they're for sure big. Like, it doesn't like, you know. Dude, just- I would love to see kind of not like a like the Grindel thing, but with the Minotaur as a good guy. Maybe that's like really like too much. But like um, I did uh, one of my original screenplays. I wrote a whole Minotaur race because I thought the Minotaur were so cool. And I, I wrote this Minotaur race and they had like conquered all the Saurians on their planet. But yeah, Minotaurs are cool. Just bottom line. I've read about them in Dungeons and Dragons too. The Legend of Huma. I read some Dungeons and Dragons. I read a couple books. The Legend of Huma has this Minotaur guy. I forget his name now, but he's a cool ass motherfucker in there. He's the greatest psychic I've ever seen. I do want to mention that um, the Minotaur arguably is a direct descendant of the first monster in recorded human myth. So in the Epic of Gilgamesh, Gilgamesh and Enkidu are pitted against the Bull of Heaven which is a giant savage bull sent down by the gods to kill Gilgamesh and Enkidu. And so, like, ever since that Mesopotamian epic, human beings have been fighting bulls. That is wild. Authors, think about the importance you have in society. And maybe don't get bulls killed all the time, you fucks. Uh, dude, sharks Sharks are like, hey, Peter Bitchley, I'm waiting for you in an alley, buddy. <laughs> like, you fucked over my family. <laughs> Stop using that Italian voice. Let's go Vin Diesel. You fucked over my family. <laughs> but it's underwater. That's perfect. There you go. It's perfect. But yeah, so I think of all the elemental like creatures that we've talked about, all of them are emblematic of like uh, they have 
a way of emblazing themselves on our psyche, and they really have stood the test of time. Much like the five-star review you're going to give our podcast, it will stand the test of time. It'll be a digital monument to your greatness. Uh, we've pledged to read your five-star reviews, and we'll do, like, one-act plays if you choose to make your fucking five-star review right. one-act play with different parts Please. for us all to play and do voices and shit. We'll do that. Uh, and we have, and it harkens back to our voices episode on our Patreon, patreon.com forward slash the greatest pod, uh, where we show our, our voice acting chops, meaning I have none, Ron has a little, and Bill's okay. Dude, this is going to be awesome. <laughs> and, but Ron has the greatest character of all time. Long time listeners of the show will know who it is. Yeah. It is Night Wang. Night Wang is Wang. the best character. <laughs> yes. Yeah. Come on. Come on. <laughs> Come on, Matt, man. It's but- bullshit. <laughs> And Nightwing is a hillbilly. He's from Earth 69. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> oh, chef's kiss. We love Nightwing. He's a hillbilly version of Robin who turned into his own guy, Nightwing, and resents Batman and the whole Bat family because uh, he feels like an outcast just because he likes NASCAR and doing snuff and drinking Mountain Dew. <laughs> <laughs> oh, oh, that's great. But yeah, you can also um, check out Reboot It. We've done, we we pitched you some stuff in this episode. So we have a YouTube channel called Reboot It. If you search that on YouTube and you can look at Ed Greer, uh, Billy Business, uh, Producer Bill, Ron Swallow, put any of that shit with Reboot It in YouTube, you'll find our channel. Please subscribe because uh, it's not going to be a digital graveyard anymore. We're going to do some stuff with that digital real estate coming up. And we'd love to have your support as we launch it. 100%. And you can also buy my album called on the wing of a dragon it really is super awesome cool it is a great album i opened for ron uh, i was at the recording so i heard those laughs that he got and uh they are real true and genuine and good and uh he rocked a he rocked a crowd of like i don't even know if most of them were nerds and you've he did all of your nerd material and all of your like life material and it all went over well so super proud of you for rocking out that album i'm formulating mine as we speak one thing i did want to say to people get on the fucking socials to support the nerd goat podcast on twitter that's our name at nerd goat podcast and uh please check out uh obviously the greatest pods many socials from our instagram to our nothing else i gotta make a discord for us guys (laughs) i gotta make a discord reddit i gotta get make a 4chan I gotta make a live journal. Let's let's maybe skip a... the four chan. Can we? Nah, dude. Fuck it. Let's go straight on eight chan. That's what we yeah. need. Yeah. We, oh, yeah. yeah. Wait, is there a twenty chan? I don't understand. Yeah. Dude, I'm gonna do. I'm gonna do eight track chan. It's for seventies alt right guys. <laughs> we're, gonna, we're gonna get on the incels. But either way, guys, we really appreciate all the support you give us. The reviews help. You can check us out on YouTube. All of that good stuff. Any support you can throw our way, we super appreciate it. So so thanks as always for listening to another monstrous cosmically incomprehensible but sometimes cute and cuddly episode of the greatest and if you've listened this far i need to read you this passage from the wikipedia article on the epic of gilgamesh in the early 2000s the gilgamesh dream tablet was imported illegally into the united states The tablet was sold by an unnamed antiques dealer in 2007 with a letter falsely stating that it had been inside a box of ancient bronze fragments purchased in a 1981 auction. Here's the good part. In 2014, 
Hobby Lobby privately purchased the tablet for display at the Museum of the Bible in Washington, D.C., and in 2019, the Gilgamesh Dream Tablet was seized by U.S. officials and was returned to Iraq. <laughs> wow! Dude, reverse Indiana Jones! Damn. This needs to not be in a museum. <laughs>